Good morning. I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll be going through verses 1 through 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Good? Okay. Wanted to make sure we, we were testing the mic this morning, make sure that uh, I didn't run into mobility problems again. And so I think we're, I think we're good. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to look at we're going to begin looking at uh, some aspects of, of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and where we're going to begin today, church, is looking at the idea of unity. Um, that's, that's, that was a, a major piece of what Cody just, just read to us. Um, and when I was thinking about that, I couldn't help but to think about the, uh, the, the, the scene and the Discussion in the movie 300 that was dealing with the the idea of the of the Spartans um, that you know did it really happen I don't know but but the idea is 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 sound that that 300 men was able to withstand thousands upon thousands of enemies uh, overwhelming odds because they functioned as a single unit bound to one another and committed to one another in such a way that they became um, a, 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 a force that could not be penetrated. They, they became um, a, a living organism that could withstand what nothing else could. And so when we look at this idea of, of unity, right, we need to em embrace the idea. We need to embrace the calling. Uh, we need to embrace the command of unity. And is it challenging? Uh, yes, it is. it is. It is something that is a work in progress, um, but it is something that has to continually be sought for God's people, for his church, for individual congregations, um, and that's what we're gonna—that's what we're gonna look at uh, today. Um, the psalmist wrote this: it "says Behold, how good and pleasant it is." And it's just a—it's it, it, a—it's it, a—it's a calm scene that David is putting forth here. Behold, how good and pleasant it is. When brothers dwell, right, that idea of ongoing existence, dwelling, when brothers dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head. I mean, he gives us the, um, the, the picture here of, of the blessing of an anointing. He, he references Aaron, which is of the tribe, right, of, of the Levites, that, that, that priesthood, right? Um, that, that, that wear robes for service, that designate them for service. And, 
And so he's giving us this, this picture. It is like precious oil that is on the head running down on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. And it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And so there is something that is recognizable. There is something that is very um, distinguishable about unity. It, 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 it is something that can be seen and admired and, and it brings peace and calm to those that are not only involved in it, but those that, that see it. <clears throat> was there calm last night at the Hilton? No. There, there was, long story short, there was a, a, a fight that broke out from some youngsters that were that were there and they actually were assaulting one of the Hilton employees. When you see things like the, the riots that have occurred, when you see that kind of thing, it, it brings about anxiety. It, it brings about you know, fear and, and restlessness. You are, you are unsettled when things like that are, are going on. And within God's body, within his family, within his kingdom, when there is a lack of unity, you have the same type of thing that occurs. It brings about anxiety and uncertainty and, and, and fear. And, and so the design for unity is most certainly godly. And it has, it has a purpose. It has a purpose. And, uh, and we are, again, to pursue it. I'm going to reread what, uh, what Cody read for us. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, urge you to walk. And here we, here we are again. We keep, we keep seeing this theme of the walk, the walkabout, that, that life characteristic, right, that exemplifies a person or a group, that that which, that, you know, it's that path that we're on you know we're we're defined by that by the fruit of the tree not by the missteps but by that path that we that we travel i urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace eager to maintain the spirit owns unity we're going to look at a little bit of it here today but the, the spirit brings about unity the, the, the spirit provides a commonality within the church within the body the spirit assigns Roles. The Spirit assigns gifts, um, abilities, as, as he sees fit to outfit the body, a congregation. 
each and every individual that is a part of that body has a role and function that has been designed and chosen by the Spirit. And, and when functioning within those roles, with, with those abilities, exercising those things, that is one of the ways that we achieve unity. That is one of the ways that we achieve unity because there is a, a fullness and a completeness that, that is realized. There is one body. These are his, his, his singular affirmations. There is one body, not multiple, right? There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so he gives us here right, uh, an outline, if you will. He, he gives us here a bit of a formula for an area or areas of, of focus and importance that helps provide that unity that, that we need. Um, going to look here in a few at unity of what? United in, in what? One mind with regard to what? Um, because divisions are easy. Divisions are easy. I've got a list I'm going to go down through. Some of them will be familiar to you. Some of them may not. Some of them you may like. Some of them you may not. But divisions are easy. It's easy to be divided. And it is an amazing thing that he gives us a call to be united when divisiveness is so easy and so prevalent and so oftentimes in our minds justified. We, we will go to great lengths, you and I, to justify divisiveness. We will. Because... At the center of it is me, not Christ. First Corinthians, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. I mean, wow. Think about it. Think about it. I want you to agree and that there be not few, not limited, but no divisions among you. And, and when you understand the church at Corinth, it's not much different than any other congregation. You had upper class, you had lower class. Right? You had educated, you had uneducated, you, 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 had a, you had a mix. You had Jew, you had Greek, right? Gentiles. You, you, you had multiple political classes. You had folks that had, that had come out of the practice of idolatry and idol worship versus those that came out of 
as of Israel, understanding, Jehovah. You've, you've, you've got the mix of folks that have come together. you got folks that have eaten, um, you know, meat sacrifice to, to, to idols, those that had participated in um, temple uh, prostitutes, sexual immoralities. You, 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 had, you had the gamut. And yet, he tells them that there are to be zero divisions among them. It, it, is, it is quite a charge. For it's been reported to me, he says, by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. And here he gives an example, just an example right here in this. Evidently, it mattered whom baptized the individuals. Evidently, there was some level of, of, of pride or um, status with regard to the person that baptized an individual. Because he says, you know, what I mean is that each of you um, says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. And so you've got groups that are arguing and are, are split based upon the person that baptized them. I mean, it seems ludicrous, doesn't it? But that is the nature of, of the flesh, to be divisive. To, to, and you would think, good grief, of all things, baptism. Why in the world would we argue about baptism? May not be the who or the whom, but the type, right, of baptism. That argument still, still goes on. He says, is Christ divided? Sarcastically, was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized into the name of Paul? Well, of course not. What kinds of things would divide God's people? Buildings. There are those that believe in buildings. There are those that don't believe in buildings. Bible programs. Some do, some don't. Kitchens. Eating in the building. These are all things, by the way, that have actually divided God's people. Songs, the types of songs. Type of songbook. There are those that absolutely believe that only one particular type of songbook is acceptable because those are actually the hymns or songs of the church. And anything else is wrong and unacceptable. That seems ludicrous, or, or, or does it? If I run through my list and you've got some additions, raise your hand. I'm, I'm counting on you, Duke. Uh-huh. He was busting my chops earlier, so I told him, you just worked your way into the sermon. And uh, I'm a man of a word. 
But they, these things are divisive and have been divisive. Um, versions of the Bible. There are those that the King James Version is the only acceptable Word of God. Because evidently the King James is what Paul used. Right? I mean, all you got to do is think a little bit outside the box. But that has divided God's people. Instruments, no instruments. The brand of juice that's used in communion service. That has divided God's people. Welch's is what they used. I kid you not, right? We have a little bit of fun with it. Paint colors. My father told me once that he knew of a congregation that split over the color of paint that was used in the auditorium. Split. Went the other way. I'm really resisting the urge. The Spirit's telling me, so I don't know if I give in or not, to, to discuss the life of Brian from Monty Python. You've, you've heard it from the pulpit before, right? From me. But they, they had a great, I'm going to give in to the Spirit. They had a great, a great scene in one of the movies back in the 70s. These guys were way ahead of themselves. But the long story short is the life of Brian is about a guy who grew up in the shadows of Christ. And so he was always around when Christ was, was, was teaching, preaching. And, uh, uh, and, and at one point, he ended up being pursued by, by the Romans. And so he hid uh, in plain sight. They had like soap boxes. They had you know, crates that you could get up on that people would get, get up on in the squares and, and espouse things, right? And so he had been to the Sermon on the Mount. He was in the, that's a whole other scene, but he had heard some of Christ's teachings. And so he got up on this, this soapbox, if you will, and he started repeating some of the things that, that he had heard Christ say. And, 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 and the, the, the sad humor in it is that most people in the square weren't paying any attention to it. Uh, and he ran out of things that he remembered that Christ said, and he just started kind of babbling. Speaking nonsense, right? And so, and she's all good. Um, um, and, and just so it's it's none. I don't know that you've heard us say it, but young young mothers and fathers, babies, we love them, and and they don't bother us whatsoever. It's it's folks like Duke that bother us. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll 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 let you alone then. So. But, but he was just espousing nonsense. And when he started doing that, the people hovered in. And they were so curious. And they were engaged with, with this God. And, once the, and, and, and so they, he had quickly formed a, a following. And as the Romans, the soldiers went off, he kind of quit. And, and then he wanted to take off. But then they started shouting at him, tell us more, tell us more, tell us more. And of course, he, he just needed to get gone. And, and, and in the scene right before, he was trying to hide with the merchants, and he had, was, was haggling for a gourd. So he had a gourd uh, and uh, took off. And so now he's got a mass of people following him, chasing him out the gates of the city. Um, and when he gets outside the gates, uh, this huge crowd. 
people pick up the gourd and the shoe and split over the gourd and the shoe. Half of them wanted to follow the gourd, and the other half wanted to follow the shoe. They had totally forgotten about the guy that was bringing in the message earlier, and they went off chasing something totally different. Split. Divisions. People split over preachers. Uh, PowerPoint. We've been using this for a while. That's, that's divisive in the minds of some. All kinds of technology. Divisive. The order of worship can be divisive. Um, orphans' homes. Right? Right, Brady? Brady's shaking his head. He, he remembers those days. Supporting orphans' homes by some was a no-no. Roles within the congregation, roles within services. Creation. Creation. Participation. How many in here believe that the world was created in six literal days? Okay. How many think that that's figurative? Okay. I want literal six-dayers on this side <laughs> and figurative on this side. That, I was in fellowship with someone at one point in time because I... I I'm, I personally, I believe it's figurative, and this individual had been taught, and I'd known this person a long time. We had studied a long time. They'd been gone for a little while, some other places, and, and came back with this, this mentality that you and I cannot be in fellowship if we do not agree on that because we are not of one mind. We are not of one mind. We can find, and on and on, we can find anything and everything under the sun to be divided over. The call, however, and this is the trick, the call is to find that which unites us, to find that which is core, right? That, that, that is a, that, that's a phrase, the core. There are things that, that, that matter, there are things that are about salvation, and there are things that are not. Man has tried to take things that are not and elevate them. This isn't in the slideshow, but it's an easy one from my mind to go to. Acts 15, right? Paul's missionary journey, first missionary journey, they, he had gone. And they, he and, he and uh, um, Barnabas and, and others had gone, and they had gone into the Gentile lands. They had gone, they'd gone west from Israel, into what we call Asia Minor. And they had, they had preached Jesus Christ. Stick with me on this. They had preached Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of a woman, crucified, raised from the dead. That was their message. There is hope in that, which he is telling us here in, in Ephesians 4. There's hope in that, right? And yet there were those that came behind him that took things that were not of that subject and they elevated them. Go home and read it this afternoon. They elevated those things to be equal with the blood of Jesus Christ, saying to them, 
Yeah, that's fine and good. This is Tom's version. You may or may not like that version. But saying to them, you must also be circumcised, follow the law of Moses, and the traditions of the elders. So, quickly, the gospel message had been perverted and diluted to include things that were not about salvation. And then that was then rolled into the message that was to be delivered to folks. And we have to, we have to understand. We have that, that's why he says here in a, in a few minutes, that's you've got to you've got to grow. You've got to grow up. You can't think like a child uh, any any longer. You've got to mature, right, to understand that which unites. God's people. Um, but how can we expect to have no divisions? And I, I suggest that the only way to, to do that is to not focus on the things that divide, but to focus on that which, which unites. 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members... <clears throat> And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. We have to think as one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Uh, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I do not belong to the body. That should not make uh, it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as, as he chose. Galatians, he continues this. He says, I'm astonished <clears throat> that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So he brings all, all the issues with, with Galatians, the, the churches in Galatia. Um, and and, and the, the quick backdrop of this is, is you had folks that had come out of legalism, had come out of the law, and had been preached grace, the grace of God through Christ, and were wanting to bring law back in to, to, to the mix. Um, and that's a different gospel. Not that there is another one, he says, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. The gospel. Because it's, it's all in the gospel. Jesus said, go preach the gospel 
and baptize in my name. Seems simple, but divisive things get in the way of, of the core. He goes on to say, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. And this is where, this is one of the places I go to to, to, to recenter and refocus. Right? He didn't preach all this other stuff. He didn't, he didn't preach all these other things. There were follow-ups with regard to correctiveness within the churches. You've got, you got the Gospels is about Christ and his sacrifice and his resurrection and the hope. The epistles, Acts is the, is, is, the, is the church, the birth of the church and the expanse of the church. And then the epistles is addressing um, corrective actions um, and, and affirmations in, in some instances. And so the gospel, though, is, is the core. I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, <clears throat> which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved, not by anything else, but by that. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance, numero uno importance, I delivered this to you. What I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and that he appeared, he was manifested. It wasn't done in secret. He appeared to Cephas, then the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Though some of them have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to, to all of the apostles. And so when you get to the end of the book of Corinthians, as he's dealing with all kinds of things throughout that, that book, that congregation, right? From, from all of their divisions, from their economical uh, you know, divisiveness to their educational divisiveness, right? To, to dealing with the, you know, the sin of those who are are caught in sexual immoralities, right? As he also deals with, 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 with gifts and, and roles within, within the body, he comes down toward the end of this letter and he says to them, I want to remind you of the gospel. That is what you're standing in. That is that, is that which saved you. And then in Colossians, he tells him, you must put away all these things, anger and wrath, wrath and malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices and, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of <clears throat> its creator. Here there is not Greek. And Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, 
humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Easy to be divisive. He gives us the tools and the things that if we practice, we find a way to be unified and not divided. Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, um, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. United in Christ, right? Caring for one another, lifting one another, encouraging one another is where we find unity. There's a, some, some of you newer folks, I don't mention this often enough, but there's, you've, you've, you've noticed outside the men's restroom down here a, a, a weave, right? So <clears throat> this, this came as a result of a study we did on unity several years ago, but the idea was taken from Israel when God called every household to bring items to be used to weave the roof of, of, the, of the temple. They were all to have a part and place in it to show the idea, amongst other things, but of unity, all being a part. And so it continues to remain out there for folks to bring personal items to place, to place in it as part of the idea of a reminder that we are united in, in Christ. We're woven. Finally, the conclusion of what he started in Ephesians 4 is this. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until, so the idea is that we have this ongoing process, that we have these tools, that we have these roles, that we all have been chosen for by the Spirit, right, intentionally placed here amongst one another because He knows what we need and what our community needs. And we are all to work toward that until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried <clears throat> about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, 
unto Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part, when each and every part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And that, folks, is a way to unity, a way to be unified with each other. There isn't any congregation that you're going to walk into that every person is going to agree on every subject. And then when you multiply that times all the different congregations in the city and all the congregations in cities throughout, they're, they're not going to agree on everything. But the core is what unites. And we have to focus on what unites. We have to focus on the building up and the idea of being equipped to attain that unity. That's the only way it can be done. Not through groups, not through divisions. Nope, that's how it is torn apart, but through, but through unity. And unity does not mean that we all agree on everything except that gospel, that gospel is the essential aspect of the church and how it finds unity. With that, lesson's yours. Um, if you are here amongst us today and have not uh, put Christ on in that one baptism that he refers to in Ephesians 4, uh, we would encourage you to do that. If, if there's any other issues, and we always offer Mm-hmm.